Dr. Dina El-Khwaga. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience? My name is Dina El-Khwaga. I'm a political scientist by training, focus on political sociology and social movements. I am now the director of the Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Active Citizenship based at the American University in Beirut, where um, I'm trying to build uh, a multifocal institution that deals not only with civil society as NGOs, but that deals with civil society as civil action. The, therefore, we have divided since I came the, the institution in three different programs. The first one is the one that I'm taking care of, which is the civil society law and governance that deals with the use of law in contentious politics and the use of governance indicators in contentious politics by the social movements and by the states and first vice versa. And uh, the second program is dealing with the Syrian displacement and mobility and informality. And we are focusing in this program that is managed by Dr. Liz Saleh uh, on the diversity of experiences of Syrians because we see in the literature that we tend to talk about Syrians in terms of numbers and waves and we lose the human factors in it. And we wanted to focus on the Syrian experience in Lebanon and and to work on and to show to make the case how Syrians are different according to where they are coming from, what kind of social profile they are coming from, what they are going through in the in Lebanon here and what kind of mediation and of exploitation they they face in the Lebanese exodes that uh, they live now. The third program is uh, our newest one. It has it is one year old, and it deals with culture as resistance, and it is managed by Dr. Hassan Abbas. And in this program, we try to to focus on the culture producers, individuals, and networks on institutions of culture production, be it formally structured or informally structured, be it civil or state-related, and on what we call the cultural generations expressions, uh, where we try to, to focus on unifying experiences or socialization experiences in some countries. For now, we are working on exclusively on Egypt, Yemen, and Tunisia. And next year, he will add three other countries. And beside that, the third program uh, will work on the Asfari Prize. The Asfari Cultural Prize will give a small prize for a group or a person every year on uh, a field, a subfield in, in the culture. And this year, it will be short novels. Maybe next year, it will be graffiti or uh, festival or popular songs or cooking or... Uh, singing in exile, uh, we want to engage with this part of the civil society that one engages with, really. So as you see, we are far from the human rights focus and far from the NGO focus, and we are trying really to construct a new object that we can call the civic actions. Yeah, I'd like to ask more about the Asfari Institute, but could you also tell us about how your own intellectual journey, both as a scholar and institution builder, connects with its mission? Um, how did it bring you here, your own journey? 
Institute. Um, it's a coincidence, I must say. Uh, I am, as I said, uh, a tenured professor of political science and public administration in Cairo University. I have always worked beside my teaching in think tanks like the Sedej, which is the IFPO, but in Egypt. And then I moved to the Ford Foundation, where I built the first portfolio dealing with higher education and higher education policy and dealing with the idea of justice, how we can deal with justice when we produce policies regarding higher education in the Arab world. Uh, for seven years, I have built what we can call the critical mass engaged in policy production and policy debates about higher education and the social justice question regarding the MENA region and not only on, in Egypt. And then I moved to to become the director of the Arab Regional Office of the Open Society Foundation. Uh, and it was the year of the revolutions and it was very hectic. And, and for 14 months, I managed to, to work with more than 400 grantees coming from all sides of work, including ASI and Jadalia, but as well satellite radio in Syria or women initiative in Yemen or uh, small shelters for young uh, people in Morocco. It was really the best of time, the worst of time. And after that, I decided not to become a donor. I felt like I, I have some skills that are not used enough, which is uh, mentoring a new generation of people to start their own networks and their own institutions. So I moved to something called the Arab Reform Initiative, which is a think tank based in Paris. And there I managed uh, a new program called the Social Mobilization Program. Uh, in the Social Mobilization Program that has been funded by both Carnegie Corporation of New York and OSF, Open Society Foundations, um, I have, we have trained, me and five other mentors, up to 90 young scholars from the region on democratic transition, army-civilian relationship, uh, social movements and new social movements, gender and uh, gender equity and gender empowerment, and last but not least, um, the question of um, constitution and democratic transition as it is lived in the Arab countries. When the program has left, I applied for this job, and I I found, and they found, thanks God, that uh, I'm well-suited and well-equipped to reshuffle this organization into a program-driven uh, institution that is offering or providing a new definition of what we call civil society in the airport, and that is working uh, on bridging the academic questions to the activist concerns and vice versa on a daily basis and involving the regional level and not only the Lebanese or the Syrian one. Maybe I should tell you that since I came, I tried to transform this organization from a very vertical institution, which has a, a director, as associate director, a research assistant, a junior research assistant, into many programs institution, each one with its team, 
and with a small core funding until they raise funds to to hire more people and to build uh, parallel programs, sister programs. Um, now we have three programs, but maybe in five years' time we will have more. We will have up to five programs that will be self-funded and where the Asfari Institute will best provide workspace or part of the salaries, etc. We are, I have tried as well to address the question of sustainability. That is the biggest question for many institutions in the region. So when I came on board, I decided that we don't have to wait until an endowment is built for the Asfari Institute to guarantee sustainability but that we will use the grants to pay parts of our salary to build the endowment by ourselves and not through big wells. And we managed to to convince our main donor that he will be matching what we will raise uh, over the coming five years uh, to have the sustainability because you need, at, by the end of the day, to pay rent, to pay three at least three, four salary to continue. And this is the real legacy that anyone can leave. So this is my benchmark of success, how to build uh, financially sustainability, a sustainable uh, model and programmatically to cover different ways of civil actions that are not studied enough in the region when it comes to women, when it comes to students, when it comes to uh, new generation in labor unions, in professional syndicates, when it comes to course lawyering, when it comes to strategic litigation, when it comes to uh, digital online activism, all these forms that are that need to be addressed as new forms of collective action in the region. Um, so you have a long history of working in this field, clearly. Do you find that uh, being housed at AUB and having access to a large body of students constantly has changed, challenged, or benefited your mission? Is it um, a good avenue to throw events that you could adjust civil society as it grows up, essentially? It's a process that is still in the making. Uh, we are working on building a minor with the political science public administration department, uh, a minor that would be called uh, civil society and social activism. Once we start this, we will be able to reach more students and to mainstream these values and this idea of citizen education instead of civic education that was the you know the trace of the post-independent state. Now our main relationships with students are based on our internships and we have something like seven to eight interns each semester and some GAs as well, a graduate assistant and some research assistant. And we are very proud that they are very that we are very cosmopolitan. We have two young Syrians, one Saudi, one from Belgium, one American and one Egyptian. And that's it for the for now. And the, the turnover is is high, and they speak highly about their uh, experience here because we ask them to play the the game and to to be young researchers and to 
to publish even or to make interviews by themselves to go and make some kind of surveys on who is uh, publishing online in the Arab region or what are the forms of of activism in a second uh, poorer city like Tripoli. And we give them the possibility of writing this as their first publication. And we believe in this kind of liberating learning slash learning experience at AUB. Of course, we will be able to make more, uh, a wider impact once we have the minor. But for now, we we count on our interns. Um, Beirut is a very uh, free city, and AUB is a safe environment. And having a safe environment to reflect and to convene and to debate is something that is becoming rare in the region after the fall or the collapse of the Arab Spring. Uh, other than financial, what do you think your biggest obstacle here is for you and the Institute? I think, uh, I would say, the stigma. The stigma of uh, the civil society as a concept and as a framework. Uh, And here in Lebanon, the the stigma is stronger than other places. Uh, For many Lebanese, uh, civil society means just... uh, Western-driven agenda or a form of political cooptation or being funded by the West and breaking the possibility of a wider social revolution. And usually where I'm, where I'm coming from, you have to, to, to be concerned by the state restrictions or constraints. You have to face legal uh, harassment. But you don't have to do this with the stigma of your peers as well. And I would say that the experiences of civil society in the Arab world are very diverse. And the way civil society has been configured in the Palestinian experiences is totally different from the way that civil society has been built in Egypt than the way it has been built around labor unions in Tunisia or about... Um, you know, middle classes and in Morocco. And we need to understand this diversity in order to break this uh, stigma and to explain that we need the third way of dealing with public good and dealing with accountability, transparency, without being especially accused of being Western or Westernized. So with the events that you throw... Who are you mostly targeting? Who do you want to bring in most of all to those kinds of events and situations and talks and lectures? A multiplicity of stakeholders. I think that in each event, the benchmark of success is to have a diverse pool of audience. By that, when we made a a meeting, for example, on uh, the crisis between Saudi Arabia and Lebanon, and we brought Madawi Rashid from LSE to talk, My main concern was to have people from Saudi Arabia, political uh, leader uh, from Lebanon, who were trying to avoid the question of is the prime minister kidnapped or not, and students who are pro or cons, and journalists and scholars who uh, work on the regional question and 
didn't produce yet something on the new regional profile of Saudi Arabia. So uh, it was a huge success for me because it evolved. It involved all these kind of players in the same venue for three, four hours with a good debate. And usually the diversity is what counts most for us. Are there any subjects or topics that are off limits um, in your events or in your programs? No. This year we talked about, in public events, about um, constitutional writing in Syria, about reconstruction in Syria, about the social mobilization in Egypt after the 12, 2013, about civil-military relationship and civil moni monitoring of military budget in Egypt and Turkey, uh, on the Saudi attacks and regional ambitions, on digital activism, on building a common newsroom for all online Arab uh, journal activism, on the International Women's Day, and the last thing was about how to study act how to study activism, to map it and to analyze it. So I think we are quite diverse and without taboos. And we must be very grateful to the AUB administration because we are really very autonomous. Given the perfect funding situation, which never happens to any of us, but given it, what would be your ultimate vision for your place amongst the social fabric? As a conversation facilitator, or would you be generating? The three things. We will be disseminating knowledge through mapping and, and analysis uh, because people do, do not map do not see what's around. So disseminating knowledge about what we mean by civic actions and by civil actions, and not only by civil society as, as it is, as a pre-ready uh, concept, and to value these collective actions taken by either by youth, by women, by workers, by minorities, by neighborhood, by grassroots, and to convert it into a dignified, research of object of research in social sciences, which is still very marginal, especially among Arab scholars. Uh, the second thing is to disseminate, to provide training materials for those who are starting to work within collective actions, to become a hub that provides services, literature, some skills building, and the third thing is to offer this platform where people can come and talk and just remind uh, internal and external observers that other narratives are still not heard in the region and about the region and by the social actors in the region. And I think these three uh, overlapping uh, objectives are the vision in an ideal world. Who do you find your um, most um, stalwart partners are? Who are your best partners? It depends. Sometimes um, there are sisters organizations like ASI or Hassan Faris uh, Institute for Public Policy uh, or Carnegie Beirut. Sometimes it's with the NGOs who are working on oral history and documenting oral history and they are experiencing it. So our role is to, to collaborate with them to scale up this approach of building 
alternative narratives. Uh, sometimes that are uh, there are new forms of activism like cause lawyering or like online uh, journalism uh, that are escaping the in- increasing constraints in the Arab world and trying to build to raise awareness through new mediums and through new ways. So I would say these three types of people are our natural partners and of course scholars, but sometimes it is difficult to get scholars really interested in working on collective action and not and leaving their zone comfort zone like labor unions or political parties or the corrupt state. And, and to become interested in really working empirically with activists on the ground and see what is what does it take to build a new enterprise of, uh, of social entities and overlapping uh, ties to society, to religion, to ethnicity, etc. We want really to all the time to be uh, in master frame of mind. So the the sectarian state in Lebanon or the military state in Egypt or the conflict zone in Syria. We we don't see actors and they do not matter. And I think the main objective of Asfari is to continue to raise the voice of these actors and what they are doing to see how far we went uh, over the last 20 years in overcoming what we can call the post-independent state with its social contracts, and that there is a new era that is still in the making. But if we don't follow these social actors in their small enterprises, we will never see how new social contracts will be written in the coming decades. It sounds like to accomplish this mission, you have to have a, a strong network of grassroots activists or maybe just intellectuals. Um, where do you find these people? Do you, is it just your own organic connections? Is it um, networking? Or, or are there other ways that they contact you? They contact us and we contact them. And usually there is a dire need for people like us who are scholars and who can provide space and can provide as well mentorship and uh, guidance. So be it with Lebanese and Syrian, because we are based in Beirut, or be it with Tunisian and Moroccan and Yemeni and Egyptian, they come to us as well, that we, we go to them. But we have this genuine interest in in studying and in understanding each enterprise, like Legal Agenda in Lebanon, like Megaphone, who is who are kids of 22 to 25 years old, who are monitoring the elections for their own sake. And we value these initiatives. And we believe as a team that usually we talk about civil society as a victim. And we want to do the contrary. We want always to underline the fact that there are a lot of success stories that we forget to tell about civil society and civil initiatives. Um, is there anything else you would like to share for a local, regional, or international audience about the work that you do directly or through the Institute? I, I think we have to just um, be proud of our new program called the Social Activism Arab Observatory that is uh, combining four uh, components. The first one is 
the first online uh, social activism uh, library, where we um, are trying over five years to have 500 uh, people, activists, giving their testimonial about the way they get involved in social movements. And this would be publicly available for anyone to make a PhD or an MA on that or to start from this and go to talk to people from all the Arab world on the way they engage with the pub, with social activism. And the second fold of this observatory is what we call the ASAP. ASAP is the Arab Social Activism Program. It's a two-week training on concepts and skills of 20 to 30 Arab young leaders with previous uh, experience in uh, in activism, where they reflect on their activism and they write case studies. And with them, we write what we call the trending. So the case studies with the trending uh, are the annual social activism report. And this is the way we are building a research object and put it out loud in the region. And the fourth thing is uh, the minor order the MA, uh, we are negotiating right now with the AUB to, to get it done. And with these four components, we will have this first observatory that is pushing for social activism as a way of studying collective action in the region without stigma and without sublimation as well or revolutionary romanticism. This is something that I wanted you to keep an eye on in the coming months and years. Um, I'm interested in your trending reports. Where do you collect this data from? Is it just qualitative reports from uh, your your members on the ground or your partners on the ground, or is it more social media driven, or is it you know data driven? It will be based mostly on the stories that the twenty to thirty trainees will bring on the table, and we will help them to have this collaborative discussion to rewrite in a better way better case studies, and based on that, we will decide what are the major trends in the region each year. Maybe it's the end of the NGOs, or maybe it's uh, choosing horizontal uh, movements, or maybe uh, the disengagement, maybe uh, the non-politics as a political solution. We want to go and to base our trending each year on the 20 to 30 selected people. But don't forget that this is our first year and we have already got 125 uh, essay written by 125 Arab young... That's pretty amazing. Yes, and it's our first year. So we, we were impressed by the, the, the scale of need for this kind of concepts and skills uh, and to mingle with other... Because Yemeni activists are so isolated from the Egyptian, from the Tunisian. And this kind of despair and fatigue is overwhelming. And by coming here and staying at the dorm for three weeks and having something like 18 trainers and lecturers, they have some kind of boost on how to reflect on the seven last year and how to become more powerful in dealing with their peers and in keeping their work despite the barriers and the restriction and the stigma and sometimes the high-risk activism. Do you find that certain locales um, 
are more interested in participating? Do you have like a heavier, heavier volume of people coming from certain places? Yes, of course. Uh, in local context or national context where you have political restrictions more than others, the need is higher. Uh, we saw that because we got a lot of application from Yemen, Tunisia and Egypt and nothing from Lebanon, for example. Wow. Which is... Uh, I would have expected that since where you're based. Exactly. And all what we got from Lebanon was the Syrian based in Lebanon, which, which means a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Do you have anything else that you would like to speak to? No, thank you for allowing me to present Asfari and our uh, activities in a nutshell. Where can people go to find more about you? On our Active Arab Voices, it's a blog that we maintain with our YouTube channel, having all our public events and our public lo- book launch and other interviews where can be that can be found on ArabActiveVoices.com. You've been listening to Status Audio Magazine. The Status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies Program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner, email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at statushour.com To listen to more conversations, on-the-scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, statushour.com, or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit statushour.com. Dot com.